Okay, welcome to episode 129 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. Um, first, a big thanks to everyone who has listened and commented so far. We always like to hear feedback, and this week will be no different. Um, this week we are welcoming back the Duke of Brotty Ferry, comics reader, <laughs> creator, and podcaster, Mr. Thomas Stewart. How you doing, dude? You alright? <laughs> you alright? <laughs> Did I send you that video? I did, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Bloody hell. I, I, I couldn't believe Vin Diesel in that video. What was Vin Diesel doing at Bridlington? Incredible. I know, from the uh, from the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, when I discovered that video, it was literally like I discovered gold. Yeah. I was so excited, I sent it to everyone. I got three replies in a row from Falco that said, fucking hell, what's that? Hang on, Vin, Vin Diesel? There were the three replies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I was like you though. I shot myself. I was like, I'm here with with Vin Diesel. I was like, holy shit! You're right. <laughs> You're right. Oh god, that was a, a fairly good. Um, so, I have to say, I had a chuckle at um, Bridlington, which is as we we're recording. I've just come back from really. Um, but there, it was it was quite you know downstairs was sort of signatures and you know. Mm-hmm. There was someone from um, EastEnders, I won't say it is, right, more, who um, added, <laughs> who kicked off a bit in the green room, apparently, for not having a plate oh, for nice. his sandwiches, but that did make me laugh too. So we're getting all the gossip. We got into the green room. We, um, Andy, big shout out to Andy, Andy Hempel. He got us into the green room and stuff, so we went in there. Oh, I, I nicked the twiglets and things when I was in there. Hey, um, yeah. you went for the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sean has a party. Went, got, came back with like three coffees for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Of course he did. Of course he did. What a lad. <laughs> but how are you, mate? Anyway, you good? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, yeah, not too bad at all. Comics Just, reading going uh, well? Oh, God, yeah. Um, do you know what? I've been powering through stuff a lot recently. Cool. Um yeah, just we're like having an extra day off and stuff recently with changing jobs. I've uh, got a, a bit more free time to get through. You got the evenings back to yourself, and... have you? Or yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly, mate. Um, yeah, it's been great. I've been uh, catching up on some TV and uh, reading a bunch of comics. I was sending you a bunch of stuff from yeah. Noah's newest as a cartoonist. Yes, yeah, so I must grab copy of that actually. Yeah, I'm yeah. About he's got yeah. he's got the two out at the same time. He's got the Mormon one. Um, the Joseph Joseph Smith um, and, okay. his, and and the Mormons, I think it's called, and uh, as a as a cartoonist, I think one's out through Abrams and one's out through Fantagraphics. Oh, okay. Um, but the as a cartoonist one, oh my god, it's just it's different strips. I think that he's um, he's then just put into a collection, right? But oh, so good, so so good, so funny. Like just unbelievable, absolutely brilliant. Well, that you know, I'm a massive Noah fan. Yeah, so I mean, he was at Heroes, but I didn't get to him. I think he was only yeah. there a day. Um, and he was, uh, he, yeah, I think so. I was just sort of wandering around, and he always had people talking to him. You know, I was always sort of, I couldn't be bothered to wait. You know, yeah, so I sort of wandering around. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't get to chat to him. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> now, I picked the book for this week, um, but I think you should go ahead and tell us what we're going to be talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be talking about a sort of later um, Vertigo title. Yeah. Um, by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Bla, and it is Day Tripper. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, to to fill out the rest of the credits there, um, they don't actually make clear who does what between no. them, do they? No, they don't. Yeah. Uh, I think the 
they've, you've also got um, colouring by Dave Stewart and lettering by Sean. Oh God, Connaught is, is it Connaught? That's yeah. it. Yeah, Connaught. Um, so originally a ten issue maxi series out of Vertigo, um, and it's got my copy um, has got a sort of because I've got the trade and I've got the digital as well from Comicsology. Mm-hmm. It's got an introduction. A sort of introduction which is actually a cartoon it's actually a comic yes. page done by craig thompson um, mm-hmm. which is quite nice it's um, one of the only things that i actually like of craig thompson so that's <laughs> there you go yeah um it's 10 10 issue miniseries that was released through vertigo in 2010 um and it follows the story of brass de oliver domingos um in brazil mm-hmm. and we'll talk about his first name in a minute i'm sure the story follows him at different parts of his life um as a writer, a father, a friend, a son, a husband, and more. Um, now, here's the sticky, the thing you texted me about today. Um, <laughs> are we going to spoil it? And I don't think we've got a choice but to spoil it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's merely a theme um, because it's a repetitive theme that happens throughout most of the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, did Did you want to say, man, what it is? Yeah, um... <laughs> Basically, the the crux of every issue is that it explores um, an age. Well, they're all titled in which an age yeah. of a uh, brass is. Is it brass or brass? Let's say brass, shall we? Yeah, Bra- yeah, yeah. <clears throat> brass. Um, it's an age in which he dies at the end of every issue. Yeah. Um and it he is an obituary writer for a newspaper so it, oh, it most yeah. most of them end with a summation of his life his his, his obituary at the end. Yeah. Um in the most eloquent ways <laughs> ever put on paper honestly but it's it is that whole dynamic of showing you what a life is at the end of each issue. You get that little glimpse of Brass's yeah. life for for that whole for that whole entire issue, just those couple of days or whatever that they show or the week or whatever in those pages. Actually a couple of months in one of them in, in yeah. some respect. Um and then they give you that summation of what his entire life meant to everyone around him after that. The which basically um all collected together really shows you the dynamic of life and death and everything in between yeah it's, it's a really interesting way that it's done so in each in each issue um whether on kind of on screen or off screen you see what i'm saying brass mm-hmm. dies um but it's not there's no sort of hokey fantasy thing where he he's you know he comes back to life or anything you just accept mm-hmm. that this is the story and each one is is from a specific era of his time and they jump about chronologically don't they so yes. one yeah, yeah. I think is issue three or four is, is him as a kid now mm-hmm. I, was, I was trying to it, it is a book I know we've discussed this on, on messaging as well that really does stick with you um, yes. I was somewhat verklamped at the end of reading this um, <laughs> and I was trying to summarise what I thought about it and I was thinking a lot of, it's, it's a book you do think a lot about it you know as you mm-hmm. come away from and I, I think what it's rather than saying what the meaning of life is it's kind of rather saying what is the meaning of a life yes um through the lens of this one person and what you perceive to be fate i'm going to say mm-hmm. it really plays with that idea i'm just going to read out the there's the the the, the opening i love i love the opening to this book instantly there's there's three because he's he he writes obituaries there's three obituaries at the start yes and then the final panel on the first page says people die every day 
um, that was the most comforting thought that Brass had while all the obituaries he wrote in the newspaper flashed before him. He just realised that even when he's not writing about it, people keep dying. And it's amazing, and it's got him sort of splashed with blood in a bar. And there's so much foreshadowing in this. Oh, let's let's stick. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into the theme because I'll get carried away on this one. Generally. <laughs> but let's let's stick stick to my opening question. So I know you said to me that you'd actually bought this on digital and hadn't got round to it. What what was the, that pushed you into buying it, man? Um. Well, initially, I'd heard about this um, when it was first coming out in issues. Um, I heard about it whilst listening to, I think it was iFanboy podcast, okay. yeah. and they were they were reading it, and I was I was enjoying. They were kind of having a humorous take on it, and I I wasn't really paying attention to anything they were kind of saying, but the little bits that they were saying about it just really, I don't know that just every time they were talking about like the sort of greater themes of of what a life is and as you were saying and they were going on about oh how many times am i going to watch this guy die i was going what is what's is going on here like yeah. i don't understand what what this is and i'd also never heard the names uh fabio moon and gabriel bar before okay at that point i'd never i mean i uh, up front i don't know any other works of theirs really at all i know that they have okay. worked on other stuff but i don't i've never read any of it yeah okay. um and it was out through vertigo so it was like okay um, I need to, I need to check this out. I'll wait until it's finished. I'll wait until it's it's um, collected, and then yeah. I'll I'll grab a hold of it. Got it in digital, and just never ever got round to it. I, I saw the front cover and thought, oh, yeah, that looks nice. Yeah, you know them the, the him sitting at the bench with the dog and uh, the sort of memory thing coming up behind him and this sort of watercolor splash behind him. Um, but that doesn't even really do justice to the the story or the, it the doesn't. whole and I comic. Think, no. I think people get tied up. I mean, I I think I, I didn't read it in issues. Um, I feel that pressure of, you should read this, it's amazing. I, it usually turns me off a book. Cause yeah, I, same. I don't, I'm I don't, exactly the same. I don't trust that many people to tell me what is amazing, you know, especially these days. Um, so I, I held off and held off and held off, and I think I heard about them talking about it on Around Comics, the original right. version of Around Comics. Um, and in my head, I think the whole, them talking about the dying thing, I thought, oh, it's a fantasy. You know, he's going to heaven mm. or something, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's much more, I don't know, it's much more grounded than that, isn't it? It's much more yeah. everyday, which is a strange thing to say when you think this man dies nine times. It's a lot more, it, it's, it doesn't play with the fantasy or or um, the, the, even really the great beyond or anything like that. It really just plays with the philosophical um thought process of what is life and what what death means as a part of life and yeah. we we all choose these paths in life that could ultimately result in an ending at any point and it's the whole it really the crux of it is to really live every moment that you can as much as you can because at any time it could end yeah, and that is the whole point. The whole point that I took away from it was that <laughs> this is showing that this guy, at any at any point in the entirety of his existence, could have ended up on a completely different path that took him to to an ending. And it's just exploring those little bits along the way and saying it didn't end up that way, but this could have been what it was. And did he ultimately feel like he had lived his life? 
at the end of that point well maybe maybe not it's up to you you know what i mean yeah it's really interesting isn't it there's this there's this um psycho psychology um i don't it's not a theory because it's something that people talk about after yeah. failed suicides um that they these people believe that they did die and yes. that they're now in an afterlife that is just different and I suppose there is that reading into it. But the, the other thing that it gets shortcut to is, is, oh, it's a sliding doors moment. And that utterly cheapens it to me. It does. Yeah. That really does cheapen it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I see it. Each issue, especially when you get to the kind of the end point, um, each issue is, is just him thinking of where it could have went wrong. Um, yeah. That's all. I think that that's that's really all it comes to. It's not a sliding a sliding doors moment. It is just him thinking of like, well, it could have ended there, or it could have ended there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But luck, luckily, it didn't. You know that kind of thing. And um, we just happen to then see it play out. Um, but it also plays on the whole. I mean, uh, surely that is a, a, a small anxiety that a lot of us have, is the thought that oh, I could fucking end at any minute. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, could, I could die tomorrow, you know, and what what's my life meant up until now and all this kind of stuff. And it really plays on that little, just that little bit of feeling that we we, we have yeah, as, as so. humans, yeah. that, whole, that whole dichotomy of, like, life is so fragile and, like, any any little thing and it could go the other way, you know, so maybe yeah. we, we need to grab it whilst we have it sort of thing. And that it just plays on that, the, that... It, it, plays that little fine line the entire way through the whole series which is oh it's beautiful <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it is incredible man i i yeah. i i i've a, a lot of things i've read in my sort of comic reading life this is one that stuck with me it definitely i think one of the things i wanted to talk to you a little bit about as an opening to an, another subject is um it's set in brazil um mm. that gives it a, almost a difference a different strangeness to what we as you know english and scottish people are used to did that mm -hmm. play on your because it does it delves into the culture a little bit doesn't it we go to a festival and stuff like that yeah you know? uh yeah um i don't know if it it certainly had i don't know i i still found a, a great uh kinship with a lot of the the story to be okay. honest I, like yeah. I, I still i still took a, I, I still took a lot from it that i could relate to and i think in a way that maybe that maybe they did a good job with that in the fact of it was in a place that is maybe more out there for the audiences that would be receiving it and yet they still managed to yeah hit home with them kind of thing you know um yeah. relate they really managed to relate with them along the way um but i do understand what you mean about the kind of sense of other in that respect um especially yeah. with like the family life and stuff as well of like when he's on about the farm and the and the trees and the heat and all that kind of stuff yeah going, well, especially in the last chapter as well yeah. yeah yeah like we don't really get that here but i don't know there were still you could still relate with the with the with the actual family dynamics and you could still yeah. relate with all the relationships and everything as well so it didn't really matter where it okay. was set it just helped that where it was set was also where the creators were from technically so there was just more of a connection to it and you got a lot more of what they were going for so you got a lot more of them you got a lot more okay. of fabio and gabriel in the work than you probably would have originally you know what yeah I, mean? I see what you mean and i think for me it was almost uh, that's totally on point i agree with you what you're saying but you know growing up in west london this would have been a whole different bag you know oh, if yeah, it was based in 
you know, Dundee or West London or wherever it's going to be based. <laughs> you know, it just would have been this different thing. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know if this is my just my romantic... I've never been to Brazil, to be fair. is just is my romantic view of what Brazil's like. It seems um, spiritually freer somehow in certain mm-hmm. sections of it. You know, he's got this best mate and... Which is another relationship in it that I absolutely thought worked, you know, totally. Yeah. Um, and this guy also, I've, I was there's a book on this. Do you know there's a book written about this? Um, this book. Um, oh, really? This, this trade, yeah. It's not a very good one. It's like a Kindle only one. It's called um, Day Tripper, A Life Examined in Ebook by David yeah. Elkin, Chase Magnets, Paul McCloy, Jason Jackson, Keith Silver. It's a series of thoughts on the book. And, it, you know, I, I read it, but there was nothing in there that I don't think you and I had already thought about. Right. Um, okay. But what they did say this, I wondered whether this was something when I when I saw his name was Brass, is whether Brass meant in a, a very obvious way an everyman because he's part of Brazil, if you see what I'm saying. So he's um, representative of the men of Brazil, and I wondered whether that was something they'd gone for. Maybe I, I think his name is the name of a place in in Brazil as well, uh, or is okay. it Portugal? It's oh, a place right. in Portugal, I think, is okay. is Brass. Um, the actual same spelling and everything as well. So I thought it was right. maybe just that, but I'm uh, maybe it's a common name. I just thought it was kind of an every every man, you know. I I looked up because I was uh, intrigued about the pronunciation, um, okay. and then ended up not getting the pronunciation, but ended up coming away from it being like, oh, it is a place in Portugal or Brazil or whatever. Like <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, all right, okay. So maybe it's just. I, maybe it is just that, or maybe it is the everyman sort of aspect to it. There's, there's a lot to kind of take from it in that in that yeah. sense as well. Um, yeah, I think you're right, man. Yeah. I was also trying to look up the pronunciation of his mate's name as well, because in Spanish it would be Jorge, but in Portuguese it's I think it's Jorge or something oh, like okay. that. So it's it's, clo- it's closer to George than it is um, the Spanish Jorge, but Jorge is still. George as well. Yeah. Um, but it was just I was just intrigued because I was sitting, you know, you say the names in your head, and obviously his name comes up quite a lot because of because it's, it's his best mate. Yeah. I'm sitting going, how should I be saying this? Should I be saying George? Okay. Should I be saying Jorge? You know. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, and that was a lovely a lovely interplay between the two of them. I mean, all the relationships yeah. in this did really stand out for me: the father and the mother, yeah. and and the wife and. You know, and the, and the best friend because he he goes out to look after him, doesn't he? he goes to find yeah. him at one point, and that's that's as heartbreaking as anything else. Um, it is. I think the other thing I wanted to talk about really is structure in this because, in a loose sense, they're structured. Each issue is structured in a in apart from the last issue is structured in a fairly similar way. Mm-hmm. We get um, a foreshadowing, we get the story, and then the foreshadowing shadowing is fleshed out at the end in the death. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you get the in the first issue you get the blood on him in the bar. In the um, lorry driver episode, you get the lorry driver at the start. Yes. You know, and this sort of thing. But to me, it's not um, it's not obvious, and it didn't. I was so captured by the story that it didn't suddenly. Every time I saw something happen, I think, oh, that's how he's going to die in the end. I was yeah. almost taken. I was almost surprised by each death, even though as soon as it happens, I thought. Clever fuckers. That's why they showed that earlier in the comic. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they do a good job of making you lose yourself in the story as it goes along. Yeah, that's 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 the good thing. They've 
they've got obviously they've got a tremendous way with words that we'll, we'll come to yeah. but i think i think it helps as well that like you say the way they've structured the entire story um it's not even you know it's not even showy there's not like yeah. massive splash pages or anything that you'd go oh wow to yeah it is it is bare bones basic comic uh 101 sort of thing but I think just even the way that they've laid out the page that your eyes flow across it and everything, it just you get completely lost in it. Yeah, you um, really do. And that it's and the it, art of cartooning. I think there's a quote from him from one of them. They don't specify who at the back as usual. Um yeah. every reference, every photo, every colour and every character was made to try to reproduce feelings. He yes. did, I, he didn't want it to look real, he wanted it to feel real. Which mm. is the beauty of cartooning for me. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the, it's an uh, absolute art as well that nothing about it is overcomplicated at all nothing is um specific nothing is pristine i mean even a mobile phone on a table you know that we're talking about a, an electronic piece that in most things would be drawn with precision and straight lines even in this book is just kind of wonky and wobbly lines and stuff it's not about capturing things precisely it's just about giving us the idea of what they are so that we can move on with the story yeah and it's just oh it's oh it's, it's beautiful brushy <laughs> brushy instinctual energy you know but they don't yeah. they don't skimp on detail i mean even in some of the no. smaller panels there's 20 people in the background and you yeah. know i mean I'm, I'm looking at 20 people you know i'm looking at a page just now where it's literally just two people sitting at a kitchen table and there is like everything on that kitchen table there's a fridge behind them with loads of stuff on it there's stuff on shelves there's tiles up on the wall at different colors and hues and everything yeah. there's little you know, there's every bit of detail in that photo, but nothing about it screams like, um, you know, it's tremendously detailed or anything like that. Like I'm literally just looking at it and taking it for what it is, which is it's two people at a table and it's a mother looking at a son and a son shouting out. You know, it's yeah. it's it, there's you can see all the aspects of the characters without everything else in the background distract, detracting from it. And that's it's oh man, that is that is an art, that is a skill to have all that and just keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not, you're never getting lost. I think you, I've heard you speak about that a couple of times. That if if the artist was it is, who who was it? Steve that? Dillon who says this. If it's the one I think you're going to mention, yeah. If you stop yeah. and look at the art, the artist isn't doing their job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I'm going to say works for the comics I like to read. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it, it might not. It might not work immediately for Mebius or someone like that, you know. Um, mm. But, yeah, I agree. And it, that's cartooning to me, you know. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's incredible. What was the next question I asked you about? So, yeah, so we were talking about the, the, um, the structure of the comics. And to me, you could almost, you could almost just, if you were in a, you know, you stopped at a shop on, the, on a long journey and, and bought a couple of comics to read on the train or something, you know, you could just buy one of these and read it on its own, couldn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, without catching the dots between each issue almost. Mm -hmm. I think um, only in the last two issues, maybe. Yeah. Would you would you be like, what what has happened? Like I've 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 lost something. That's, it's only the last two issues that really I say tie together to to make everything tie in but if you just picked an odd one from the start or something then yeah you would be able to stand alone with that and go well that was lovely <laughs> yeah yeah you, know, you could do couldn't something. you it's an, an in and out story isn't it you know yeah it's almost a it's almost a future shock mm -hmm. you know it's a twist in the tale it's a noir story it's a you know 
Um, I got I got to tell you though, you go. the the, pe- the people that uh, went along with this from the start and picked up issue by issue, God, that must have been crippling. <laughs> yeah, it must have been, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it must no have one... been confusing as fuck. Yeah, waiting all that time for that next issue. Yeah, you just be like, oh my god, I don't know how long, how long the duration was that they would have to wait. Um, I don't know if they maybe had the series all together as a one or I wouldn't have assumed so because that's not normally how it goes but um because that just must have been agony waiting for like the next month and being like come on (laughs) (laughs) I mean I read this in a one on a flight when I bought it Um, I bought it um I bought it before I went to New York and it was in my bag to read on the plane I didn't read it on the way there I read it on the way back and it was kind of like an overnight flight and I couldn't sleep and I read it in a one and it was just perfection you know headphones on nobody to talk to no one to bore me you know no one to Mm -hmm. interrupt and just i just plowed through it um and you get such a sense of it and i do think it's another book that when you go back to you discover other things yeah in it as well you know very much so you think oh that's the same woman there she he he almost met in the shop Mm -hmm. and there she is um... later on and all this sort of thing you know yeah that that first time that you had um suggested it and 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 said oh you want to do this and i i I read through the the digital it took me a while to go through it right um and all i kept thinking was i I need to have this in front of me i need to have these pages in front of me and um although i still connected with it and still enjoyed it um and said to you i ended up weeping by the end it was (laughs) ridiculous um when i eventually got this from the library and made my way through the actual hard version, that was when I just absolutely ploughed through it. I was seeing all the extra stuff. And I don't know, I don't know if it's just the paper or what, but just something just completely pulled me in. And oh my God. Like yeah. this is this is a solid favorite, man. I, I I can count on one hand the amount of times that I've read a comic book um twice in such a short space of time yeah, and agreed. actually yeah. really enjoyed it as well. Um, and I'm sitting looking at this now thinking, like, I don't want to give this back to the library. <laughs> I know I will. I know I will. But I really don't want to give it back. It was just so good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. So good. Yes. It, I'm, I'm guessing there must be some kind of hard back out there or something is there. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not it's sure. It's very hard to find. Right. It's okay. very hard to find. I mean, it's. I think you can get it for a reasonable price secondhand, but you can't get it new from the looks of things. Oh, right. Um, I mean, the, when I went looking again, uh, I think I'd said to you when I had it in digital, I couldn't get into my digital file, so it, it was on for like £3 or something of Comixology. So right, I thought, oh, okay. Just, I'll get yeah. it that way. Yeah. But that was the only way I could find it. Um, mm. I couldn't actually find it hard, so that's why I was getting it through the library, is because I, I genuinely couldn't find it. You could find issues on eBay, obviously. Yeah. Um, and you can find, um, like I say, a good second-hand one for not too much, but still pricey compared to... It's a, what you would normally pay, you know. It's a weird one because it's kind of like a forgotten classic. I remember people losing their shit about it and saying how great it was, and it was on all the podcasts <laughs> we, we just discussed, and you yeah. know, people saying how great it is, and then you know, three years later, oh, what's the new thing? You know, squirrel girl. Yeah. Out. You know, it's like that. It's um, it's a shame because maybe, like we said, it, you said it, it came in the sort of the last act, almost the last yeah. act of of um, mm-hmm. Vertigo. Um, yeah, we're going to have a little chat about Vertigo in a minute. But before that, I just want to discuss a few of the themes that I saw in it. Um, is first off, is the richness in the in the him as a person. Now, um, for a ten issue 
series, I don't think I've seen a comic that has so developed a person so fully. Um, and one of the reasons for that is the way that we see him at different ages in different lives, but the same life. If, if you, I'm yeah. sure people will understand what we're saying by that by now. Um, <laughs> but the um, and I think one of the ways that they did that is by not going chronologically because it would have been boring. Mm-hmm. So he starts at a certain age, then he goes slightly older, then he goes slightly younger, then he goes older again, and then he goes younger again. So you see him at different stages in his life, but because as a reader, a comic reader, we almost have this sort of OCD thing, don't we? Where we have to know things about him. We have to sort of figure out where he is in his life at that point. And what they do is they show stuff that indicates, apart from the chapter titles being his age, but you show stuff like, oh, he's about to have a baby. Or, oh, you yeah. know, or he's, he's just met his best friend who's got short hair at that point. You know, mm-hmm. they sh- they do these little visual clues and cues that allow us to just fill out this sort of timeline that inhabits my head whilst I'm reading mm-hmm. of his life. And he does come across as real to me for that reason. Yeah, very you know? much so. Um, very much so. And his relationships are real as well. So he's got this father who is a writer um, and... Um, uh, and, and and also suffers his own mortality during this and he's he's got a wife and he's got a kid and he's got a dog and you know there's more to it than that isn't there you know mm-hmm. it's, he has even has the you know the one big love that he thought he had that didn't work out and stuff like that as yeah. well you know everybody said that that one person that they they thought they were going to end up with or whatever and then it just it just doesn't happen you know yeah, life, know you mean, life doesn't work out when you stare um, when you when you when you let's say 53 you're staring across the dinner table at the dead <laughs> eyes of your wife and you think <laughs> you think about what could have happened to that girl who was the fling when i was 21 you know i don't know who, I don't know who would think that tom i don't know no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah there's that there's exactly that and there's a counterpoint between the two isn't there he very much mm-hmm. loves his wife but there's the yes, wildness so. of this girl he saw before. Exactly, exactly. It was it, it was it was youth. That's the thing. It show it, it captures it perfectly. Of the, there's a seven year period of of pure youth and excitement, and like even the argument that they're having between each other, it's it's a quite youthful argument. Yeah. You know what I mean? You listening to it, like God, nobody over the age of thirty would have that argument. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I left this place for you, you bastard, and it's like. Oh, yeah. What does that matter? You know what I mean? Like none of that that, that matters. And he his thing back of like, oh, I didn't make you do that and stuff. You're going. It's just it's yeah. just, that's not that's two people without experience. They've they've just had a bad experience between each other, and now they'll leave and they'll actually live life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, she's got that flash of anger and beauty, and you know she's yeah. a, she's a, a a beautiful young woman, you know, who he's mm-hmm. sort of managed to bag on a sort of holiday romance and. You know, yeah. it's not destined to last, is it? You know, yeah. Um, but it's even it's even stuff with like his mum and stuff around him as well. Like she ages throughout, it and and the little the story that she tells about him uh, changes throughout the years and becomes a bit more intricate and um, just has has a bit more sort of bombast about it as she gets older and stuff. And yeah. it's just it really does flesh him out, not, not just through him, but through absolutely everybody that surrounds him. And then you end up getting pulled in with that as well because you think about all the people that you've had in your life around you as well, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can you yeah. can really relate with it. And I think it also, regardless of it being a, a, a sort of male perspective in the story, I still think it it, it plays to all of genders course, across, you know, because it, it, it just plays on the core element 
So it's nothing to do with the fact of him being a bloke or anything like that. It just plays on the core elements of the person and of the experiences and of the life. You know yeah. what I mean? I think there's an, there's, a, there's an ultimate loneliness to him somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where when he does have this best friend or he meets a woman on a boat or he, you know, he sees his future wife in a shop, there's... Um, you you feel for him. You want his life to improve. You want him to feel those connections somehow because he's a man. That a lot of the time we see quietly in places, don't we? You know, saying goodbye to people. Yeah. You know, in in, in well, empty houses and stuff. You know, there's the bit where he's he's uh, on the trip with his his friend, and you know he goes for that swim out to the boat. Love that. And you're one, saying about lo- lo- yeah, yeah. Saying about loneliness, and and he ends up on that boat with that with that girl and the first line that she says to him is uh, I hope you haven't swum all the way out here to be alone yes and yeah, it's like because line. yeah because if you have one of us will have to find another boat um, it's just it's just that whole thing of like no one wants to be alone right then yeah. why is it that so many people are I'm like oh man <laughs> yeah and it's a bit, yeah, when you read this you'll see what a looker she is I wouldn't have got out of the boat either no, that's true. Yeah, I may have had to use the phrase. Sorry, I've just been swimming. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's it, 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 he's he's so real, and and it, and I love that about him. And and the other the other bit that is a genuine part of the narrative. It's a part of his character, and it's a part of the foreshadowing. Is the fact that he writes obituaries, and which yeah. is such a clever. Um, use of a theme to predict a story it's just incredibly clever it is incredibly clever but i'll, I'll be um there's the one thing that i mean i i love the writing of it i think yeah. it's very poet, poetic and beautiful but have you ever seen an obituary like that no not at all no, <laughs> no. i mean i, I was I'll, you know i'll give you a wee peek into my life a wee bit i was a funeral director for a year oh here we go and, i'm uh, liking this i didn't know this <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got i gotta tell you Nobody has an obituary like that. It is literally like you know, this person has survived by such and such. Uh, they were they died at this place. The service is here. Um, please, you know, flowers or no flowers, and please give in lieu, you know, such and such um, messages to hear, and that's it. You know, there's no. Okay. Yeah. This person and their grand life, and this is blah blah. I was reading it, going, yeah, that's all good and well, but nobody has an obituary like that. It might be like a. A Brazilian thing, or a, 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 even I feel like an I might have to start thing, writing maybe. mine now. I know <laughs> exactly. After yeah. reading this, um, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, I don't think anybody's going to have an obituary like that, and especially like you know the the dedicated obituary writer. It's like no, there's about four of them at the newspaper office, and it's like it's a hit or miss whether you get Gladys or Joel yeah. or somebody for the weekend. You know, <laughs> it's not. The one guy, it's not Braz going about and doing everybody's and he's on a tight deadline. Like, but he's I trying to make it artistic and interesting. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I know think, what you I mean. I think it's a, it's a romanticized it's a romanticized look on writers, which a lot of comics and writer people do. I mean, people do it in films all the time where they go like, "Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to be a writer." And it's like, "Oh, funnily enough, the person who wrote this film wrote the character to be a writer." Yeah, I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, you know. Yeah, and it is that thing, but I think when it comes to somebody like a writer or something, most people can kind of relate in that aspect because most folk have either read or written something at one time or another. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I think the majority of folk can do with that. So it's a pretty safe bet to do something like that. But it was one thing that I was reading it going, 
yeah, nobody has an obituary like that. So <laughs> <laughs> we get it from the horse's mouth there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have one of those top hats? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. That was that. That would just be uh, safe for special occasions or like to so the co-op. Do like they walk out in front of the car? Yeah, it's stick. a big East London thing. That yeah, 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 yeah. And then they like bow in front of the car and stuff. But I think you can pay for it um, to have that that extra bit. It's, it's just a flair, a flourish thing. Yeah. Um, but I did. I did have a guy one time that uh, when we were following the guy that did that because somebody had paid a bit extra for that to happen. Uh, it was in the back seat and. Um, turned to his I don't know, I think I think it was cousins that I had in the back of the in the back of the car and they went, Is that guy gonna walk with us all the way up to the crematorium? That's Miles man. <laughs> <laughs> really slowly as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell <laughs> I honestly felt like like shouting back like, nah mate, he gets off at the next street, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doctor Death. Um the <laughs> the the other thing is that comes off that is you know I don't want people thinking that this is like oh this terribly depressing book because even though it is about the continuous accidental deaths of um, our main character it's also incredibly life affirming in a way isn't it by yes, showing the loss of it somehow mm-hmm. yeah. very much so and I I always think that those little little bits at the end as well. Um, help with that because they do really give you they really flesh out brass and say like you know he may have died but he really lived and everybody loved him and all this kind of stuff which is another common theme that you get you know everybody always like glamorizes you at the end of your life or whatever but it you know it really comes across in those pages a lot of heart heartache and heartbreak and and but it, it like you say it's it's bright almost it's almost like saying this light, this light has been extinguished. But how bright did it burn to begin with? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. oh, unbelievable. I think we've got to give Dave Stewart some credit in this. The colours are fucking oh God, yeah. incredible. The underwater stuff and the desert mm-hmm. stuff and the night time is so beautifully done with greys and blues and blacks and just so good. Yeah. The one that the one that gets me is when he's a kid. Uh, chapter five, eleven. Okay. Yeah. Um, everything on there is so much brighter and bolder, and it's because he's a child. Like he's just done everything in that. Like yeah. everything is all these bright primary and secondary colors. Like everything is apps. There's no kind of mixes. Everything is these bold, bright colors throughout. And it's because he's a kid. He's seeing the world in these big, bright things. Even when it's like raining and stuff, the sky is still absolutely like the most piercing blue you've ever seen you know yeah it's incredible um, yeah really he's sitting, they're sitting at nights and all the the glow off the candle and stuff is like exceedingly bright and then you go to like the next one when he's 33 and it's all back to being just you know some of the uh, well, 33 is actually quite a heartbreaking one about the um the plane crash and stuff and all yeah. the, the many the many obits he has to do but that is ex- excluding the uh, the crash itself is quite dull and and yeah. dingy and stuff, and it's because there's been a tragedy in in, in the sense that, like a really bad tragedy, and he's kind of floating through it. So it's it's interesting how he plays with the color depending on age and emotion. Yeah, that's true. Well. Yeah, that's really interesting. The um, and is it the plane crash one that the one we barely see him in? No, that's no, the later one, isn't it? Yeah, no, sorry. you don't. You don't see him in uh, forty-seven. You don't see him at all. You just see the reactions uh, and the missed phone call and the um, yeah. email and the kid like breaking your heart by reading the last letter he got from his dad in front of the school class. And, I got uh, to tell you, man, <laughs> forty-seven. Um, 
47 was very hard for me to read and right. I didn't realize it was going to end the way it did and I think that's what pull, ended up eventually pulling me in right um because uh I mean I was quite I was quite young when I lost my dad oh I didn't realize he, that mate sorry okay he was he was in his 40s and he he died of uh, a bleeding brain a brain hemorrhage oh, I'm sorry, and that is, exa- that is exactly what happens here is he dies from complications um from a brain hemorrhage and he's just this you know it's the kid and his mum and stuff at the end and i literally i was watching this being like this guy like what is going on like these guys have <laughs> tapped yeah. into a part of they've, they've tapped into the the most basic thing of like the complete empty rooms and loneliness and stuff at the end they and, really do don't they i mean it's it's incredibly sad without being bleak in a way i don't know how. exactly yeah that that one's that one's harsh because you don't see them um, yeah. and you've been so connected with brass along the way that when it's just messages and emails and little notes left on the fridge and stuff that's almost letting you know that thing of like these people still exist they're still technically there even when they're not you know yeah. even when they're gone they're still they're still around they're still yeah, I something think that's a, a really important point to talk about actually i think but also the fact is that we he'd been so established like you say he'd been so established by this point in the, in the narrative in the in the series that when he's not there the reader almost visualizes where he might be that the worry <laughs> of where he might be enters enters your it's pulling on your heartstrings isn't it you know yeah. yeah 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 um that i think what's interesting there is the this theme that people remain with us and i, mm-hmm. I know that's played out a lot by his dad as well so when we yeah. lose people um, I mean, I've I've lost my parents as well, and and for a while, I, I used to occasionally think I just saw one of them, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think he plays on that a lot. So, the permanence of death is an interesting theory that runs throughout this because we obviously recreate his life again and again and again. He comes back from the dead at each issue, but mm. also those around him. So his father dies in one of the issues, and then at the end, he's back as a sort of almost ghostly representation of. The future, isn't he? In in, mm-hmm. in on the beach, yeah, um, yeah. I found I found that quite a touching and in and just incredibly well well made way of doing it. Yeah, really interesting. Um, it's it's quite funny because the dream uh, chapter as well. I think it's actually is it called the dream? Okay, right. Um, I kind of that's yeah, the second last issue. Yeah, yeah, second last issue. Chapter chapter nine, dream. Okay, that one's all. Everything about it is all very washed out colors and stuff throughout the way and i didn't even i didn't even notice that 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 until the second read is that all the colors throughout it just get that kind of wispy wash about it as if they're not actually there yeah um and then he obviously goes and um i don't know i don't know if that's that's where he's actually actually died and that's him then going on or or what I, i couldn't figure if that was maybe like a tie like the end of the books ten technically goes back to nine or what? That, that yeah, was a bit... it was a weird one. It was it was strange that, and but um, from from a sort of I know what you mean. It, you do you do. I was wondering what's happening here, but you don't. Mm-hmm. I didn't allow it to affect my enjoyment or no, it, not you know, at it's all. not one of those sort of things like oh he's 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 got the wrong costume on here. You know, it's, it wasn't that. It was no. The other thing I would it's... say about colours, you you saying of the washed out colours is. It's used um, for a number of effects throughout this. Like you say, um, we get the the use of colour to dictate 
periods of life. So, you know, the vibrancy of colour when you're a young man, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the mellowing out of the palette when you're older. But also there's one of my favourite sequences is, uh, I mentioned it earlier, but one of my favourite sequences is where he goes to a shop and he, he sees a girl who catches his eye in the shop. Um, and we've all, we've all had that moment, you know, as mm-hmm. a, certainly as a younger man where, you know, someone's caught her eye and, you know, the, you know what could have been is, is what they're playing on. But yeah. as the sequence plays on and he leaves the shop and he walks down the street and he crosses the road and you realise that he's the only person in full colour in the panel. Yeah. Um, and he, it, it, everything behind him is grey and he says she was the woman he was going to spend the rest of his life with and he has this moment of realisation, this wordless panel, and then he says he has to tell her. Mm-hmm. And then he starts legging it back, and the colour wrenches itself back into the into the flat panels at that point. Yeah, and and I thought that was so clever, man. The way I that we, we, we're sort of f- focusing in on him because he's the only person of co- you know of colour. It's the wrong phrase, isn't it? Person in colour in the panel. It's just so well done, man. Yep. Yeah, um, and, and then and then kind of almost like a full stop. There is just a bold red yeah. banner at the end to end it. Um, that is like that 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 is so clever. Yeah. To have that that bold red at the end, they could have just done it without the color. Yeah. And it would it still probably would have worked, but to have that is such a finite like no stop. You know what I mean? Like done. Yeah. Red everything. You know, it, he's he's ran across a red. That trucks ran a red. That is a red warning. Stop right there. And yeah. it's like after having what you've just described. And then have that bold thing. It's like holy shit, man! Like that's so calculated. That's such a good way of putting it. Yeah. And then you think that's a you know that's you know the, the love that is lost. You know what mm-hmm. could have been. You think you see that yep. as that story. And you know because I was a little bit confabulated, confabulated by the you know the, the way the story was being told. The part of the focus in one of the panels is on on the eyes of the two people, the girl and him. And you yeah. focus in on the green eyes of the girl, and it slowly goes on, and then he regs it back. He doesn't make it back. He gets killed, you know, running back to the shop to ask this girl out, you know, sort of tra- tragic, romantic, you know, episode. And then the next issue, we're back in the, in it with him. And mm-hmm. he's got a wife, and she's pregnant, and pages go on. He's taken her to the hospital because, you know, waters have broke. And then just in one panel, you see that her eyes are green. And yeah. You, and you realise, oh, it's the same girl if he'd have yeah. met her. It's so <laughs> well done. That's amazing. Yeah. And her hair's different and she's older and, you know, it's and just the way the colour of the eyes works, you know. And we've technically we've technically seen her from the first issue, but we never actually got to see her face because they wanted that reveal. Yeah. They, they wanted yeah. to see it, whereas he's just met her in the first issue. You see the back of her head and you see, like, her, her nose and the side on of her lip or whatever and the, the yeah. back of her at one point as well. And that's as much as you get. And you get like a, a message or whatever, or a, or a phone call at one point, and that's that's all you've seen of her. And then after that, you're left to see this this sort of first big love that he had or whatever. And then it's back, like you say, it's back pulling you to, oh no wait, that's who we saw in the first issue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's it's incredible, it isn't it? It's such a jigsaw. Yeah. It's and I, I I've written a couple of books recently that have been about relationships and people and. Mm. The way that he they slowly play this out, everything's so natural and slow, and um, a lot of silent panels, a lot of just panels rather than speech. You know, a lot of establishing things. Everything plays in the faces and the emotions of the people, and I love that so much. I love the fact yeah. that we're we're walking in his steps, we're living his life. You know, as he goes through different parts of it, and it's so it's so well done. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna yeah, I'll just go on about this book forever. 
<laughs> it's, it's that, just yeah. It just so I I've I've never well no I have I've connected with with many a title over the years thankfully yeah. you know there's there's been so many great um comics and books and you know films and everything through the years that have connected but I don't know man not not, not many something of, special when you live in a book like this isn't there I Yeah think. yeah I think when 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 you have so many not just emotional ties but when you can actually tie bits of your your life and stuff to a story or a, a piece of art or just a moment in a panel or something you go god that's that's done that's done something entirely different you know what i mean like yeah. it's just gone to a completely different level altogether and it may just be you but at the end of the day yeah. you know this this got a lot of this got a lot of eyes on it as well you got a lot of applauded the, the time so, yeah. yeah i mean i think it won a few it um, won best limited series eisner best single issue story harvey mm. um favorite new comic book eagle Eagle Awards, so it did win a lot. You know, they were, it was yeah. recognisable. I have to say that I can only imagine that the two brothers have gone right. We've done that. Christ, you know, can can we just somebody ring Matt Fraction and get him to do? You know, exactly. I'm <laughs> you know, I'm exhausted after all that. You know. Yeah. Did you notice? I meant to say, did you notice in the Dream one as well that there was like a couple of pages of a different style? Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it was maybe one of the brothers took the lead or something. Yeah, it could have been over the other. Yeah, but it, it goes from like the sink filling up and everything, um, and the the last sort of panel on the dog saying, "What do you think you're doing?" And then as soon as you go over the page to his boss speaking to him, it's like a totally different art style. Okay, well, and then I'll, it's I'll back again that later. Yeah, yeah, and then it's back again to the the regular style again it's really odd the dream one really there was a lot of playing about in that one yeah um because that's where they could get crazy obviously because yeah. they had they just had something that they they had to say in the words there so they could do whatever they wanted with the visuals yeah. sort of thing and they pulled a, um, a john Byrne, didn't they they had two pages of just black panels and with the odd words yeah. yeah it was good though it worked yeah, it, it worked work i'll right. give them that yeah, yeah 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 it wasn't quite as cheesy as oh alpha was it was it Alpha Flight of Fighting in a snowstorm, whatever that was? In a snowstorm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only, the, 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 it's interesting, and, and I, I often talk about this, but how um, the reader is part of the creative process. And, and I think you're right there when you just said about, I'm not sure if it's just my reading of it, and I think we do imprint ourselves into books, you know. Yeah. I think part of the reading of, of a book has to be balanced with how we're feeling and how our character acts and what we enjoy reading and stuff like that and otherwise we'd all be thinking the exact same thing was brilliant all the time but yeah. i think this book does really really encourage the reader as a passive observer of life um we are just an observer of this dude's life mm -hmm. um i know we can't be ever be involved in the avengers punching the x-men or something like that but there's something <laughs> like hugely involving where i i almost felt like it was that line from the song. I'll, you know, watch a movie to change my mood. You know, it's almost like that. Yeah. You know, I, emotionally, I became very much imprinted into the pages of this book as it went along. It's an interesting theory, I think. You know, mm -hmm. um, right. So let's talk a little bit about Fabio and Gabriel. Um, they were born. They're twins. They're born on the fifth of June, nineteen seventy-six. Twin brothers from São Paulo in Brazil. Um, both writer artists. Um, both worked as artists on Matt Fraction's um, series Casanova, which is, I think, where I first discovered them. No. Um, and then they worked on autobiographics at Dark Horse um, in 2006. They released DE Tales, Details at Dark Horse. Um, they both worked on BPRD um, in the Hellboy universe, um, mm. and they both worked on Two Brothers at Dark Horse. I'm I'm the same as you, man. I haven't read loads. I've read a few things here and there. I think the um, 
the BPRD book. Is it called Vampire or something? I think one of them did. Did they not do something with um, Umbrella Academy as well? Yes, they did. Like yeah, so they yeah. did the Umbrella. Yeah, which is is a good one. If you go back about a hundred episodes, you'll you'll find us talking about that one. Yes. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. So I thought we'd um, just before we sum up our thoughts on it, um, which are obviously going to be good, and we'll probably not <laughs> go over what we said already. But I thought we might just um, t- go through a section I called "Oh, how we miss Vertigo." <laughs> um, uh, so potted history and very quick history of vertigo is founded on the 4th of march 1993 it closed the 5th of january 2020 um it was the con- the adult content version of dc comics and it was a massive massive deal in the uk at one point i remember someone telling me at a convention um that in the late 90s that uk sale- sales kept vertigo afloat financially afloat throughout <laughs> the 90s so we were like a massive market for them um, not unsurprisingly, because you know a lot of our our talent went across to the DC and worked mm. for them. It naturally ar- arose when DC stopped submitting Swamp Thing to the Comics Code Authority. Um, its first original published series was Death, the High Cost of Living, and it started in horror and fantasy. I'm probably going to say, but soon sort of spread its wings to other genres, other formats. You know, you had the true, you had the crime format. You had all sorts of things going on, hardbacks and stuff. Um, some Vertigo favorites: Hellblazer, Hundred Bullets, Swamp Thing. Um, Why the Last Man, Scout, Shade the Changing Man, Preacher, American Vampire Fables, DMZ, Northlanders. You know, they are those favourites. Um, some more niche stuff that I just thought was worth a mention was Adventures of the Rifle Brigade, which I think is probably the book that most 2000 AD fans would dig the most by Garth Ennis mm. and Carlos. Um, American Century um, by Howard Chaikin and David Tishman has has some great moments in it. And then there's a book called The Exterminators, um, which sort of oh, mixes yeah. bug exterminators with ancient Egypt. And stuff, uh. and it's just fucking mental. And it's Simon Oliver and Tony Moore did that. Um, Greek Street by Pete Milligan and David mm-hmm. Gio Felice. Uh, Nevada, which was a later book written by Steve Gerber, not probably his best, but it does have that flavor of Gerber about it. It was drawn by um, Phil Winslade and Steve Leolola. Um, mm. and then another one, a favorite of mine, was Outlaw Nation by Garth Innes and Goran Suzuka and Goran Parloff. And then my final one, which is obviously lightning in a bottle for me, which is Sci Spy, SCI Spy by Paul Galassi and Doug Mensch. So I buy anything by those two. Um, did, is there anything that sort of stuck out for you or any memories you have of it, mate? Well, oh, um, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be when they sort of took on uh, Saga the Swamp thing. OK, um, yeah. that ended up that ended up with it. Um, I think aside from that, it would be Preacher. OK, um, yeah. I've really got into Preacher for a long time. I really appreciated that there was a... I really appreciated that there was a, a, a sort of more um, crude and adult um, wing of DC Comics, and it meant that they could kind of play with some of the the DC lore and aspects just on a more of a, a sweary level, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it did host for a lot of talent as well. And Some experimentation kind of, went on there, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I kind of follow. Um, I followed um, Karen Berger after that as well when she ended up doing the Berger books thing with Dark Horse as well. Yeah. Um, she did do a thing at Image for a wee while, but um, I, I never really saw any of that. Okay. Um, so there, there was sort of the Karen, Karen herself probably was the thing that kind of stood out for me the most. Um, with her sort of launching it and then and then going across and her edit, her sort of editorial. Yeah. I say editorial. I mean, in some of the, I think probably in some of the series, she had a bigger hand in it than she did anything else. But you know, um, yeah. she. I remember her wandering the halls of UCAC with Alan Moore. You know. Yes, I remember um, you telling that story. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't heard it. I, 
I'd, I'd um, tried to get something signed by Chris Claremont and had been sort of hovering, waiting for him to stop talking. And um, <laughs> I got him to sign like the, you know, the, the program. And he, he snatched it off me and he signed it and then turned away from me. So it is back to me and then tried to pass it to me over the top of his head. Like he was some kind of fucking rock star. Uh, and and I was a massive X-Men New Mutants fan at the time. And it just broke my poor fucking 14-year-old, 13-year-old heart. And I walked off um, like f- like half upset, half fuming, you know, and, and went to leave. And as I walked down the stairs, there was Karen Berger and Alan Moore standing on the stairs. And Alan Moore asked me if I was okay. And I'm suddenly I'm back in, yeah. you know, and forever I will owe him for that because, you know, I wouldn't be having my buying loads of comics midlife crisis that we talked about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, you know, it, I haven't, you know, it's, it's been a life pursuit for me. And then that was, I would have left it, I think, other than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I still see yeah. their faces now. I can see, still see them standing there on the <laughs> stairs. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah. She's um she's a she's a, a very good interview to listen to as well. There's a okay. an old old interview by the um I think it's the Comics Alternative. The, the podcast is long gone now, but if you can right. get a hold of it, um I think it was two two guys with PhDs. That, oh, that I know that one. Yeah. They yeah. used to say it a lot, didn't they? They had PhDs. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it stopped because one of them died. Oh no! I, I, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't actually know that until recently. Oh, right. But uh, they've got a great interview with with uh, Karen. Um, it goes on for ages, and it is <laughs> it is brilliant. Honestly, they just they go into everything with her, and she's just such a laugh. Um, she's she's just brilliant. Um, yeah. so she was the kind of I think she was the kind of big standout for me. Um, but I think as well the they kind of had themselves to blame as it went on. I mean, not don't get me wrong, not it was probably a lot to do with DC kind of trying to fold them in and just break them down and and yeah do this do this whole plan of DC Black or whatever the hell it's called. Um. So it was probably a lot of that, but as it went on, they just tried, they did that whole thing of trying to capture their youth and trying to get the sort of more alternative things as it went on, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, I agree. And they ended, yeah. they ended up kind of clutching at straws a lot of the time, and a lot of the series were just really faint impressions of stuff that they'd done before, and it was like, ah, this just isn't working. Like, guys, just call it a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least, or at least try and do something original. You know, try and get try and get more original ideas. Stop trying to get things that are just like fables or Sandman knockoffs or, or things that kind of resemble Transmetropolitan in a way. You know, what yeah. I mean? there was just far too many things that looked like art or. Um, there was little quips and lines that just looked too much like Ennis or or um, Warren Ellis or something like that. That was like, oh, guys, you're just you're doing it again. I mean, yeah, it just, just wasn't there for the last couple of years. I think we saw the writing on the wall, didn't we? That it was going. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they just cancelled things mid run and stuff out of nowhere. You know what right. I mean? It was like there weren't there wasn't even a case of like they were they weren't selling well or anything. Like they just all of a sudden started to pack it up, and it was like, oh, it's done. You mean there was just yeah. quick wrap ups and stuff as well, and it was like, oh man, I think did uh, I may be wrong in this? Was it not Prez was across there for a while, like the newest? Oh, that's right. I don't think I read that one. Yeah. Something like that, and that just randomly ended. Like right. it was do it was doing really well, and then it was just like right, wrap it up, get it gone. Yeah. It was like oh, okay. Um, I think I, I briefly spoke about that. Um, that stuff was stuff was looking dodgy. 
Uh, we spoke about it on the podcast like way back at like episode nine or something okay. like that. Right. Um, and at that point, I remember saying something like, ah, they're getting really strange. Like they're just closing up shop and, you know, getting it. And it was years later before it ended up going, but you could see the makings of it at that point of yeah. them just kind of. I think when Karen and Shelley things. left, I think kind yes. of then it started. Who was the guy, Rich? I can't think his first I name. I can't remember his name. Yeah, but... he was sort of there and it was all his mates and they were trying to be too cool. And I think. It just missed that creator own creativity, you know. That it was that them an image, really, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the stuff, you know. A lot of the stuff at that time, when when Vertigo started getting really strange, a lot of the things that I thought would have been um, sort of uh, Vertical esque titles were going across the image at that time. Yeah, you ended end up with man. stuff. Yeah, ended up with stuff like Black Science and stuff like that. That was going, oh, God, I would have seen yeah, that. I mean, Saga, Saga should have been a Vertigo book. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, considering he had Why the Last Man before, you know, it was yeah, like, it was, a, it was a no-brainer and it just ended up across the image instead. Whereas now I think image is going that way of Vertigo at their end. I'm now sitting going, hmm, what's happening? Yeah, me too. <laughs> what's a bit, what's going on? Yeah, from a, a company that we were easily the third biggest company that i buy from and they've they've slipped yeah. down yeah. yeah has there been a change like i don't know has there maybe been a change in the hands that we've not heard about or something or i don't know yeah i don't know i think it's fanographics just, are kind of seen as the big bo- the big boys now aren't they you know i mean they, they Red go Room through ebbs. probably have gone to image at some point or other i'm suspecting you know yeah they but they go through ebbs and flows as well like yeah. they always have they they have really really good days in the sun and they do absolutely amazingly and then they'll just have a, like about a decade where they'll just suddenly go quite quiet and everything will go under the radar and then all of a sudden it'll pick up again like that seems to <laughs> yeah. be their that seems to be their thing is like they go from strength to strength to strength with certain cartoonists and then the stuff just kind of peters out a wee bit. But those cartoonists are still going, so that keeps the company going. But the just you know, there's not really much going on. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, there's loads of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, here here comes Hanselman. Here comes another Noah book. Here comes fucking this, that, and the next thing. Here comes a, a Leslie Stein new one that's coming out and stuff. You're like, holy shit! And then it's just like, give it another couple of years, and it'll be like. What's happening with Fantagraphics? Like, yeah, it's, it's, and incredibly, they've been about for so long. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They've done well. Oh. When you think the the likes of, I mean, what happened to Avatar, for example, you know, mm-hmm. what we're seeing happening to Valiant, and you know, this sort of thing, and they're just sort of you know, drawn a quarterly are now part of IDW, aren't they? You know, it's, it's not drawn a quarterly. Yeah. Sorry, um, Top Shelf are part of IDW. Top Shelf, now, yeah, 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 and yeah. this sort of thing, and it's just yeah, they're, they're steady. They've got that fucking crazy house that they all seem to live in and work in. You know, and we have this sort of, it's almost the aspirational place where a lot of UK small press and, you know, underground comics want to, want to be published by, you know, still. Yeah. yeah. I think it, I think it helps with Fanta as well is that they just constantly, they do keep going, even though it's like ebbs and flows and stuff, they keep, they keep going and they've got the journal and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, so they, they constantly keep putting stuff out all the time, which... I don't know if it's just like a mindset thing within comics or something, but it's like comics folk just can't quite keep up with that. They're so used to things coming along and then dying a death that when something just constantly keeps going at the same level, they're like, what? Like, how? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, I don't understand what Fantagraphics is still putting stuff out. It's like, yeah, really good stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, what? Like, that doesn't doesn't compute. Sorry, they they are they not gone yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> they, and yet they're still happening. putting out like archived editions of old things as well. You know, yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. They always will. They, they'll do things for them and nobody else. Like, 
they they are the company that lit that ultimately just do things for them and not necessarily the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean the journals, uh, like prime example of that. When you read things and that and go, yeah, this they've not thought this through. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have, just, I have slight issues with the journal now. It is it's not as good as it used to be. It's it's, it's, it's not as very, no. um, very um self self gratulate. You know, there's, there's, they seem to pick stuff and you're like, what the fucking hell is this now? I think yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of things uh, criticism wise that fall that way unfortunately because they get too comfortable. Yeah. I mean um, used to, I've just bought up a load of old comics journals for a new project I'm on and mm-hmm. the, the interviews in there the Harlan Ellison interview the Frank Miller there's a whole one on Alan Moore's technique there's some really good stuff in it. And now oh you know Jenny 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 Smith has done a comic about whirlwinds in fucking Patagonia and we're going to dedicate half an issue to, you know, is this sort of nonsense, you know? Um, But yeah, I think, I think it just, that's just a, that's a product of the times that we're living through with, with comics. It's just, it's very odd. And also you've got to remember that they are mainly, their main sort of focus. um, I mean, they, they, they go across the board across the world with comics, but their main focus is, you know america it's all is american yeah. and canadian canadian comics and whatever's happening with them uh within the sort of indian alternative circuits is probably going to make more of a an impact in the journal itself but yeah. it's you know you just gotta go with the times on that and hope that eventually we'll end up with the the scathing yeah. <laughs> reviews mean, that we used to get oh yesterday. man that was exactly where i was gonna say that and we're, we're a bit off track there but fucking yeah. savage man yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Fucking, they would stand on what they said there. Mm-hmm. You know, I was chatting to John Freeman. We had him on the ACP the other day, and I said, "Oh, I read some of your uh, your reviews from the eighties, man." And he was saying, "Yeah, I know." And uh, <laughs> and I said to him, "You were me back then." You know, the fucking <laughs> talk about like just paint. You know, they understood the difference between reviewer and being part of the club, and they would yeah. review honestly these comics. You know, and they did not hold back. And I think the journal mm-hmm. used to do that as well. Anyway, oh, we're, yeah. we're well off subject there, man. Well yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's fine. So let, let's just quickly sum up. So thanks for that, man. That was a great um, a great experience, right. actually. And I couldn't think of a better person to talk to about it. That was really, really good. Um, oh, thank you, man. Thank you for suggesting it, because that is just... That, that is sticking with me now, man. Like, I, can't, I just can't believe it. I can't believe I cried twice. <laughs> yes, like, it it's, was, uh, <laughs> it's definitely one that got me, man. Yeah, I feel like I, yeah. so I, keep, I keep getting it this week. Things in my eye with comics are in. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the references I went through, so DC.com, um, good, okay, bad.com there's some good stuff on there fabio and gabriel.blogspot.com um it has not been updated since tcaf 2019 but there's still some interesting stuff on there wired yeah. did a great review on it there's a lot of good stuff on goodreads about it actually there's um thoughts on papyrus.com did um some interesting stuff the comics journal have had a couple of things on it there's a, a review on it um where it asks um if these deaths actually occur is it is it not a dream or the afterlife which i thought I think they kind of went too far on that theory, but it's an interesting nonetheless. And as we've mm. mentioned before, Day Tripper, A Life Examined, an ebook by Daniel Elkin, Chase Magnet, Paul McCloy, Jason Sachs, and Keith Silver does cover it in detail um, over quite a few quite a few pages indeed. Um, but um, I don't think I came across anything there that it wasn't stuff that had occurred to me whilst reading it, if that makes mm. sense. Um, yeah, so yeah. from a research point of view, it was, it was quite useful. Um, so, right, so I know we've gone long again, but just <laughs> chatting about... Um, TCS and Thomas Stewart. What's um what's happening with TCS at the moment, man? That comic smell. Uh, we're just um slowly but surely building bits together to uh, come together for another another comic, cool. uh, a volume volume three. <laughs> um, we've had a, I was saying to you earlier on, we've we've had a couple of um 
sort of meetings about what each of us are going to contribute page wise and okay. what kind of story ideas we'll have and all that kind of stuff. And obviously Mike has just started battering on, like just absolutely producing the pages like crazy. Um, <laughs> I think Dave, Dave's heavily in uh, on his own stuff at the minute. Um, so that'll be, that'll probably be coming along um fairly soonish you yeah, know he's like, have he done just... by the weekend if you ask him yeah, yeah, yeah. um i was uh i was saying to you i was getting settled in a new job and stuff so yeah. there'll be there'll be but I, I, you know that way you you put things off and then you suddenly feel yourself going like right i'm ready now you know what i mean like that's <laughs> it and i can feel myself reaching for the paper and stuff which yeah. is good um i think, I think the what pat calls looking out the window time is necessary if you're going to write a story i think Oh yeah, you know, gotcha. you can't just have an idea yeah. and write it down because it, it'll occur to everyone who reads it what has occurred to you because you know mm-hmm. there's no thinking time involved. Yeah, I think exactly. you need that time definitely. Yeah. Um, but I've you know we've we've got a we've got a theme to this one. Oh, okay. Um, not a, not a, not an overarching theme. It's just a theme for the actual book itself for the more for the aesthetic than right. the actual uh, than the actual themes of the stories or anything. But, Interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we've got a, a theme in that respect and. Uh, I'm gonna say we're 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 trying to push more for um keeping it as DIY as possible. Nice. Good. Because we've had there'd been some some feedback from some folk that they liked the kind of DIY aesthetic to it and stuff like that. But that'd been playing in my mind anyway, was that I like the whole thing of it keeping it so us that we even yeah. step away step away from even like any sort of computer things like everything would have our hand in it so sort i of oh, interesting yeah um so yeah i'm, I'm it's got I'm, an underground I'm, comics feel to it maybe you well that's that that's the kind of that's the kind of thought process you know right. I'd, uh, um and talking over with the guys and stuff they kind of agreed you know let's let's kind of let's keep it between us and and uh obviously we'd still got printers and stuff for putting it out and that because we kind of we don't have that much paper or that much money for ink, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, yeah. But at the same point, you know, try and try and keep it as everything as us as possible. So there'll be a few. I think there'll probably be a few little changes that people will notice from one and two into into this one. But that's the whole thing. It's it's keeping on changing and evolving as it goes on. If it doesn't, then you're 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 not really making anything more interesting, are you? You're you're yeah. just doing the same thing over and over again. Whereas we try to. I, I think we always tried to push it and and yeah. keep it as as interesting as we can. I but think, think got... this. Sorry, mate. Go on. Sorry. No, no, no. Go for it, man. I was going to say. I was gonna, off the back of that, I was going to say the. I think sometimes my heart does reach for this. Looks a bit too slick with stuff I do. Even you know, I think I'd rather if there mm-hmm. was that printer who had the availability of newsprint. Yes, you know, I would, I would oh, feel God, much yeah. more at home. I think somehow, you know. Yeah, God, yeah. I would. I would love that. And it breaks my heart that you ask people about newsprint and the prices are through the roof yeah when when i've i've spoken to folks that have done newsprint and they're like oh no it cost me like nothing i'm like where are you getting this like every yeah, in time the States I ask especially folk, yeah i know yeah um, yeah oh, alterna, just, anyway. alterna use a lot of newsprint as well and you know yes the the, the production values on their stuff with this is is very bronze agey and i just really <laughs> like a lot of that yeah oh, absolutely love it if i if i could get that i would i mean we the ones that we did we went for the, the recycled paper and stuff like that and tried to keep it as kind of as green as possible which was always good but yeah. ugh, man i would just i would love it to be on like newsprint would absolutely love it you know a nice glossy or, or matte you know hard stock card front and back but everything on the inside to be like newsprint oh yeah yeah no i'd like God. that yeah that, that'd I could be t- ideal 
I could certainly see a newspaper type in our future. I would say that much because we've okay. spoke about. I think we've spoke about it that much that we would love to see like a newspaper. I'm talking like broadsheet style uh, comic book at some point. We would. I think we would love to do something like that. Um, that would be great. I've seen a couple of people do them. I think uh, Russell Mark Olson's done one. Yeah, I think he does his Patreon one come out like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah the yeah. KB City thing. I've got one that's on the shelf that's like that from him. Okay, um, and it's great. And and obviously the the DC Wednesday comics that they Which did was great, man. Oh, uh, I've yeah, I've got um, I've got the whole run of them on the on the shelf. I picked them up after seeing them on Kayfabe. Yeah, and uh, oh man, they're amazing. I keep meaning they're to dip amazing. and get that oversized hardback of them as well because I don't want to open them mm. too much. You know, yeah, <laughs> might forgot mine are yeah. all bagged in magazine bags. You know, I get that. folded that's over. The, but that's a that's a new thing for me now. Is if I see comics in like newspaper form, I'll try and grab it. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I've got. I had a number of them. Was that it the appeared. comics reader? Was the what was the, was the the London based free comic that was like that? Um, uh, yeah, that was what, what it was, wasn't it? I think, so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I I was, yeah. That was nice um, as well. Yeah, and I got that one through from Gosh. That was like the LA Times one, the special that they oh, did. Yes. Well, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. them in it. Oh, it was oh, amazing. <laughs> um, but I got loads, loads of them like that. But uh, that's that's way in the future for us. But yeah, that's that's coming together. Volume three's you know slowly but surely. Cool. Um, what about episodes, man? What you got? What you got lined up? Can you say any or? Yeah, um, I edited an episode up recently for Urwali and the Bruins that was. Oh, done, nice! Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was done at the end of like last year. We've still got episodes from like twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> I was in, chatting in to Mike the other day about um, <clears throat> Dudley D. Watkins about how. Oh yeah. He's, uh, I mentioned it to you as well, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah, so that's something. Should we do that when I come up? Because I'm coming up to see you in a couple of weeks. Should we do yeah. a walk past? Yeah, sure thing. Let's I mean, it's literally yeah. you can walk. Well, you, well, we'll go out with the we'll go out with the dogs. That's a we'll good go, idea. We'll go along because yeah. it's literally along the road from oh, is the it? house. Yeah, it's literally along the road from the house. Um, we one of the parks that we go to with the boys. It's it's across the road diagonally. Right. Good. Literally, you'll be able to, you'll be able to see it. So we can we can have a wander along and we have a selfie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, pla- the plaques the plaques there. There is people in the house. I don't know how good they are, but people um, maybe, about maybe the house. Knock, knock them up first and just say sorry, yeah. would you mind? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there is a plaque on the outside. Oh, there is cool. a, a plaque on the outside wall that's there. But yeah. So Urwell in the Bruins is it's all edited up and ready to go. I'm just uh there's sometimes there's some stuff that I'll edit into the show and then I think um, maybe it's you know it's maybe the guys have maybe been speaking about somebody or something. I'm like, mm, do they really want that put out? You know, what okay, I mean? just all right, just 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 on the bit and same with myself. Like I might put something. I'm maybe spoken about someone and I go, mm, I'll maybe just cut that, like just in case. Yeah, get you. Um, because it's somebody that's not related to the podcast in any way, shape, or form. You know. Okay. Um, so that just literally has that to be cleared and. After that, God, um, I'm currently editing an episode that was that was done in 2020, and it was when Mike, Dave, and Nando came to the end of the drive, and we did like a distanced like comic swap in boxes. <laughs> um, this was like a right. This was sort of when you could do that in in that bit of lockdown, and we were kind yeah. of sitting away from each other, sw- switching out all these things, um, and we had like our, our own little 
I don't know, comic mart in a way. Okay. And it was it was we took all the books back and we met on Skype and then spoke about all the ones that we'd picked out of the box. But it was <clears throat> there was loads of them. It was like Perez, Wonder Woman, and everything. And, oh, cool. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> old uh, GLI ones, and there was uh, like reprints of uh, Silver Age DC and stuff like that. It was oh, it was brilliant. So it's just us going through them. Um, God, I'm trying to think of the other ones that we've got. Uh, yeah, well, you, you've done d- better than Dave. Dave couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Never does. He doesn't. Uh, really. Oh, yeah. we did one on uh, Secret Wars as well. That's coming. Oh, I think you might mention that one to me actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dave. I'm, I'm only taking a piss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll kill you. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know us. We we chat about stuff. Oh, and JLI Volume Six we did recently as well. Oh, good. I like your JLI ones. Yeah, oh, they're so good. Another one of them. Uh, we've got honestly, we've got loads that are just waiting to kind of go. But I don't like that whole thing of of doing them um, every two weeks. I think it just kind of detracted from the episode that we've done before. I like okay. to think of it. I like to think of our episodes like the way I listen to them as well, because I listen to them back as I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> um, I listen to them back, and it's I I think it's almost like. Um, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's almost like a comic in a way that I listened to it for that month or whatever, or that period of time, and sort of let it settle in, and then get the next one, as opposed to okay, yeah, as opposed building just, up, yeah, yeah, as opposed to just battering on with the next one, um, and you know, oh, next one out in two weeks, next one out in two weeks, next one out in two weeks. It works for some shows, and I, I, I totally appreciate it. Like it works for you guys on the ACP having it every week, yeah, because there's almost a <clears throat> a, a kind of your recommendations and kind of news bits and stuff like that. Yeah, that, okay. that kind of that kind of works in that sense. So it's good. It works for that. Um, but for us, I, I don't know. It just it's, uh, the more I've done it, the, the more I've I've keep pulled back from doing a schedule. You know what I mean? Um, we tried it for a while, and I just uh, I, I now listen to them back and go. I feel like that episode didn't get as due. You know what I mean? Oh, so, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I can so never I just, figure out what makes the most popular episodes. We just, oh, no, a, God, we just had a huge jump in one of the episodes, um, <laughs> and I can't for life me figure out why. <laughs> it's like twice twice the number of everything else, and uh, I ain't got a clue why. I don't know. Who knows? It's, Vin, it's Vince sitting at home with a wee like, <laughs> yeah. click, click thing just going off constantly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Go, play, 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 yeah, play. Yeah. <laughs> strange. Yeah. Um, good, oh, mate. And where can we find you online, and where can we find the podcast? Uh, thatcomicsmail.com has all our links to our Amazon uh, SoundCloud um, Podbean all that kind of stuff you know yep. Spotify all, all that kind of shit and uh, <clears throat> also has links to our Twitter Instagram at thatcomicsmail and our Big Cartel store as well oh, cool. uh, I think it's bigcartel.com forward slash that comic smell or the other way around that comic smell yeah that comic smell dot big cartel dot com I think that's it yeah (coughs) thank you thank you mate that's right (laughs) Um, good stuff man and obviously um, probably the event of the year for the whole of Brotty Ferry is the fact that I'm coming up in two weeks to see oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we're going to do a bit of recording aren't we is that the plan we are indeed. I'm we're, looking we're forward to that. Do, we're going to do a TCS episode, mate. I miss Mike be so much. Special guest. <laughs> and I haven't. Well, I've never him. met Nando, so that's going to be exciting. And obviously, we see Dave again. And you see oh, yeah, your good self. Of course, you haven't. I, I keep forgetting that. Yeah, yeah. So oh. I'm looking forward to that. There um, you go. I don't. And I, I, I'm only coming if I can sit next to Mike for the whole episode. Oh yeah, of course. And feed him crisps. Great. You'll be uh, you'll be in the garage, so yeah, you'll get there. <laughs> <In> the- <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't let Mike in the house. No, no, not at all. <laughs> we keep we keep him outside and just call from the window. You all right, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, he might be playing Vin Diesel. Good. Um, <laughs> you all right? You all right? Um, good stuff so um, thanks for coming on mate it's always appreciated just a quick um, oh, you, pimp for my stuff is um, Hank for issue 2 is that the printers comes back uh, tomorrow as I record um, so that will be on sale in the shop hopefully as long as the test prints are fine in, in a week um, really pleased with that one there's a real um, narrative twist which um, I hope you're going to like and and, and Forpy's um, done his usual brilliance in it uh, you can also get Dirty Basement issue 1 that includes um, the character Cockbiter and the new horror host that we have called um, Mr. Keith Cumber um, is in it as well, which we're quite excited by. Um, a couple of other things going on in the um, the Tribute Press books. I'm going to be at New York Comic Con. I'm going to be there. We're going to be at um, Bath Art Market. We're going to be at Nottingham as well. Um, we will have duicomic.bigtartel.com. That's not the title, but that's where you can find it. So the Drawn Under the Influence issue two, um, which is now available, is going to be at those conventions. And you can also get it at that Big Cartel store. Um, we're well pleased with it and it raises money for Cancer Research UK so go ahead and buy that one and no my story isn't true but it is a bit saucy in there um, good stuff thanks man um, I hope we can get you back on again soon I know we, I don't get you back on as, as much as I'd like but um, maybe we can do some recording when I'm up seeing you we can do a little on the hoof interview as well Ooh, about oh, uh, maybe do some Dudley D Watkins talk because we're wandering around yeah I could do man could yeah do. I think Mike's promised to give me a piggyback there so I'm looking forward to that <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to see that now. <laughs> You're not getting off with that now. Good stuff, man. And I'll say goodbye now and we'll keep chatting. Cheers, man. Bye.